Welcome to the Modern Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Gavin Meenan, and on this podcast, I will be speaking to inspirational individuals who specialize in the field of physical and mental health to offer you the tools that you need to become a stronger, healthier, and more confident man in today's world. Hello and welcome to episode number 72 of the Modern Warrior Podcast. Today I'm joined by Jill Lang. Jill is a life, love, and relationship coach. She is especially passionate about teaching women how to date consciously while connecting deeply to their feminine essence, something I believe a lot of us men would benefit from understanding to move forward towards more fulfilling relationships with these women. She is the director of certification at Hey You Human and holds multiple certifications in various healing modalities. She is also the proud mother of two young adults. Jill, how are you? Absolute pleasure to have you here today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I've uh, I've come across your Instagram page there several weeks ago, and I thought, wow, this content is speaking to me, very relatable to me. And of course, if it's relatable to me, it must be relatable to a lot of other men out there as well. And uh, I thank you so much for your honesty and your authenticity. What those uh, what those pieces of content on your page? It's it's so very real, and no filters, no holding back, and the complete truth in terms of what people need to hear and perhaps are afraid to hear as well which is a big thing thank you that's my goal that my goal is to take all the can i swear yeah you can swear all you want you take all my shitty mistakes and and you know my big aha moments and you know just be real i think that um you know the internet's just full of people who you know want to show you their best outfits and their best hair days and their you know and we're all portraying a persona or an image and it's not to say that I don't, but I'm just, you know, I'm just a girl. Mm-hmm. I'm just a girl trying to make her way in this world, you know, after being married 22 years and divorced and raising two kids and entering my fifties and all kinds of things that I think taint us as humans, right? Oh, you're divorced. Oh, you're older. You're, you know, just, So I'm just like, I have a story to tell. I'm just going to keep it real. And those tend to be the posts that people respond to the most Mm. is my more vulnerable, real stuff. Okay. So what are some of those vulnerable, real things that you do express that, that really strike a chord with people? Do you feel? Well, I think um, heartbreak is a huge, is a huge thing that, that I've shared. Um, I, I ended a, a relationship about nine months ago and it ripped my guts out. And I shared about that. And really just even when my marriage ended, I think is when I, you know, sometime within a year or so of my marriage ending, I started this page. And so people relate with that so much, you know, everybody's, you know, on a boat somewhere at a Caribbean Island or showing their muscles in the gym. And it's like, Hey, what about the rest of us who are just like stressed and hurting or, you know, or going through things who get, don't want to smile or so heartbreak for sure. Um, dating struggles, people really relate with that a lot because that's real life. We're all out here just trying to love and be loved. Um, 
I would say those, that's where just anything really raw people totally relate with. I haven't made a lot of posts about sex in my feed, but I do a weekly show called sex on Saturdays. And that for me was like this huge, uh, scary taboo kind of like I was raised very Christian, very conservative, very, all of those things. And so we didn't talk about sex and I was like, this is not okay. People need to know that, you know, whatever, whatever it is that is sex related is normal. So we just talk about all kinds of things. It's kind of whatever, whatever kind of question I can ask where I can commentary and it, it goes on my Instagram stories, but interesting. Yeah. It's, it's a quite a similar approach that I take myself in terms of my own content. Uh, I think people can relate to you. People can relate to me because uh, we are speaking from the heart. We're speaking absolute truth. We're speaking from our own experiences and, and a lot of people are afraid to, uh, show their vulnerability or to expose their truth because they're afraid of what other people may say or think or do, but you know, that's all the, the negative potential pushback you'll receive and you're going to get that. However, you're going to also receive a lot of uh, welcoming messages and people coming back with thanks and praise and gratitude for sharing the message that allows them to open up about their struggles. And that's, as I say to every guy that comes aboard with me, and I'm sure you've had that before. It's, your 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 post is, has really uh, struck a chord with me, and I'm and uh, thank you for sharing your story because it's allowed me to open up about my story. It's allowed it allows them to remove the barriers for them then to reach out to me and open up about their struggles. So the world just need more of that. Like it's 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 such a we're such a connected world, but so disconnected at the same time because of all these mixed messages. As you said, the guy in the boat in the Caribbean with the with the top <laughs> off and the big muscles and it's like oh his life was great and yeah um what about the rest of us but what about the rest of him as well that guy also has his insecurities has his difficulties has his underlying struggles has had his traumas in the past but hey he's not going to be talking to you about that so how can you relate so it's, it's a lot of like a lot of fantasy out there as well at the moment that things should be different things should be these false expectations perhaps that we we place in our way that are never attainable potentially so because no matter where you are, what you're doing in life, you're going to have this shit to deal with. You, no matter where you go, you bring yourself with yeah. you. So go to the Caribbean and hang out in a boat, but you've still got your underlying difficulties and traumas and all that pain that's yet to pro- that you yet to process. So has that been the has that been the journey for you? Like with the with the divorce, was it like as you reflect back on it, was it because there was unprocessed pain there for you and perhaps for him that was coming up the marriage or were you, were you aware of that already throughout the marriage and you were sort of working on it or what was the sort of dynamics of that relationship and how did it end in, in the way that it did? So the, um, the catalyst for the end, because there was a defining event was ultimately betrayal. It's, um, I love the topic and I don't like, and I don't love the topic anymore because I've made such peace with it and with him that it, it almost feels like a betrayal to be like, he was running around on me. (laughs) Um, But there, you know, there's been the amends made and everything. And um, that was the catalyst for our breakup. But if you were to look under the surface, it wasn't working. It wasn't working. And granted, I felt like the rug of 
my life was ripped out from under me. Um, or life, I'm life, not sure life, why. Yeah, life as you knew it at that time was ripped life out. as I knew it. Yeah, I was a stay at home mom, I was raising two kids, they were coming into being teenagers. Uh, my whole life was supporting and loving him. That was my whole existence. He was the literal center of my world. And if he was upset, I was upset. And if he was happy, I was happy. And if he was angry, I was scared. And, you know, his, I was so disgustingly codependent and um, had no idea my, what was going, my body was rebelling against me. There just was so much healing that needed to take place. And I was unaware, unaware. And so, um, before we started recording, you had said to me, like, let's talk about relationships and what your view is on them. And so I think this is a great place to say, like, when I got divorced, I realized there was something going on in me. And when you are on the receiving end of infidelity, the easy thing to do is blame the other person. He did me wrong. He stepped out. He lied. He cheated. He this, he that. And yeah, on the surface, that all seems very reasonable to be angry, to be, to blame, to shame, to criticize all of that. But for some reason, something pinged in my brain and it said, why are you here? What's going on inside of you that you thought this was okay? That all the behavior leading up to the discovery, that all of the years of, of being out of alignment with this person, Jill, this is, this is your mess to clean up. You brought yourself here. And if you don't heal your heart, you're going to choose another person just like that. You're just going to keep repeating the patterns until you uncover why all of that was okay with you. You need to figure out why you're sick. And that led me to a concept that I've been taught and that I practice and that I teach, which is radical personal responsibility. In the world of relationships, so to answer your question, what is your what is your belief or your thought about relationships and relationships are meant to, you know, I would, I would venture to say most of us have never had a healthy relationship modeled for us. And so we want love and we want to be in rewarding, um, nurturing, deeply intimate, connected relationships, but we really have no clue how to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have no clue. And when the honeymoon phase ends, then everybody starts pointing fingers. You this, you that, why don't you? And if you would this, then I would be happy. And, and that's, it's bullshit. It's all bullshit. I'm responsible for what comes up in me. You're responsible for what comes up in you. And can we partner together? Can we work together? Like if you're triggered or I'm triggered or, you know, can yeah, those things are absolutely, but it's not your fault. I'm upset. All you did was trigger something in me that needs to be tended to. And that is radical. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's freedom. That's, uh, and, uh, yeah, that's been a process I've had to go through myself as well in terms of taking complete ownership of my own pain and my own traumas, my own difficult 
it's uh as you know it's not like a flick of the switch moment <clears throat> you went through that process of the breakup i'm sure with the husband and you went through a process where you were um pointing all your fingers towards him and blaming him for your hurt and for your pain and for your difficulties especially if as you said there that you were so invested in his emotions and in, in his in his um emotional state and uh, and his feelings throughout the whole relationship like as you said if he was angry you'd be scared if he was happy you were happy so he was you know almost became your identity to a certain extent and then you lose yourself in that process and of course then you break away from this person and wow there's a whole i can't imagine the the whirlwind of emotions you went through in terms of just breaking that off and as i mentioned that was certainly not a flick of the switch moment where he just walked out or you found out about his behaviors, whatever he said, Oh, well, you know what? It's as much my fault as this, his fault. You know, it's, that's just the way it is. So just to, just for the listeners, you know, it's not that fucking easy. Yeah. I'm six years down the road, you know, I'm six years from that, from that, that defining moment. And, um, and I would, I would say, I mean, with every passing year, it definitely felt lighter and lighter. But if somebody said to me, because people do this all the time, they probably do it with you. So how long do you think this is going to take? So how long till I fill in the blank, right? How long till I feel better? How long till my heart stops hurting? How long to, I was, I was just, you know, or, or if you're in the gym, so how long till I get in shape? I'm like, give it a year, a year. What? Yep. Give it a whole year. You know why? Then they stop thinking about like the immediate quick results. And the same goes with a divorce, a breakup, a you know, depending on the time that you spent with this person, give it three years, mm. three years. Shit. Okay. Give it five. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or just, just, just stay here today and just focus yeah. on today. Or be present. Yes. Yeah. Be, be present with your experience. Well, it's, 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 be, it's been a practice. So just the same way as you're going into the gym, doing repetitions and, and building up your strength or your muscles in the gym, like in terms of getting through a difficult process or healing, your internal wounds like it is a process of uh, repetition with that too like for me the repetition of journaling every single morning like every single morning writing down whatever feelings or whatever emotions are coming up and allowing myself to actually feel it and therefore my writing is my way of processing that and and that's a repetition I do every single day and as you said it's not that yeah, every single year it maybe gets a little bit lighter, but every single day it, it maybe gets a small bit lighter as well. Maybe not, it's maybe not noticeable every single day, but there's just a little bit that just breaks away every single day or you're just free from some element of the past every single day. And yes, over time, this accumulates and you grow further and further away from the past and you can actually um, look, look, begin to look forward to the future, which is a massive thing for any of the guys I work with, especially going through a breakup and they're, they're sitting here telling me about all these memories they have of their ex and all these emotions coming up from previous experiences with them and you know hanging on to the hope that they make they may sometime come back into their lives or whatever and say yeah you're just going back to the past back to the past and then one day um they're not speaking about their ex they're speaking about the future about something looking forward to about not feeling this this grip of pain over the breakup anymore and going wow that's 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 because you've been you've been building this over over the the last couple of months with me with with the repetitions of journaling with our conversations and yeah. this is the healing. we heal in layers we heal yeah. in layers and, and and healing is not linear that's true so if 
anyone like letting any everyone who's listening know like you're going to have a really good day and then you're going to have a really shitty day or then you might have three great days and two shitty days and then you might have three <laughs> just but you're moving forward right you're not dead the pain hasn't killed you and um yeah just be compassionate with yourself yeah that's that's something i'm i'm working on at the moment <laughs> that's that's the new thing uh so the compassion is, yeah, that's it's something I've actually spoken to a, a few guys about recently. And I said, look, this this is so important to have some self-compassion for yourself because as men, anyway, we're so critical of ourselves. Uh, and this is something that's been beaten into us since uh, early childhood. You know, get your grades in school, got to perform at this level or else, you know, you're you're not good enough or you're not worthy enough or you're not, you're not lovable. And uh, yeah, we've got this inner critic that falls us through all our lives and there's no room for compassion. And this is something I've only come to realize in the last year, I'd say. And uh, like I've been going through this healing process, let's call it over the last 10 years, but self-compassion is, is, has only come up recently. And I was like, well, fuck, this is the missing piece and forgiveness for yourself and understanding that, okay, whatever happened in the past may not entirely be your fault because of the conditioning from your childhood or whatever else the traumas the pains that you're unaware of um and just giving yourself a fucking break understanding that you know what you're human and uh you can break you're not invincible and you can hurt and you can express that hurt you you're you're worthy of of love you're worthy of affection you're worthy of connection and you can take a fucking break um on yourself and be as and as as well as that as you're more compassionate towards yourselves you become more compassionate towards other people as well so this establishes deeper connections in your life so it's it's got a massive ripple effect which has been a massive barrier i feel in terms of um deeper level connections in my life you know just that if i don't have this self-compassion myself then how can i feel it towards someone else you know it's i treat them as i treat myself so yeah how can I hold space for what someone else is experiencing if I can't even, mm. um, are you familiar with the term meta emotions? Yeah. So meta emotions is yeah. how you feel about how you feel. How I feel about how <laughs> <And> I feel. <laughs> it's how you feel about how you feel, right? I feel sad. Well, that's stupid. I shouldn't feel sad. Like, what am I sad for? Come on, buck up, buddy. Right. I'm, I'm feel angry. All right. Well, I shouldn't be angry. It's like judging your emotions mm. and you know, it, as far as um, emotional literacy goes, I understand the challenge with men because men are just shamed and it just, it's just terrible that men aren't encouraged to, you know, that as Brene Brown, right? Vulnerability is strength, courage, bravery. It's, it's literally impossible to be brave without being vulnerable, mm-hmm. but our men aren't taught that. So even just starting to understand the concept of meta emotions, you know, how am I feeling about how I'm feeling? Am I judging my experience? Am I allowing myself to have a human experience? It's, it's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, and how We're are you just having, <laughs> so, how are you now in terms of, okay, you've been through a couple of very difficult breakups by the sounds of it. And okay. They're, is most likely going to be the opportunity for a new relationship in the future. So how has your approach changed or how has your attitude changed towards relationships based on those last two very difficult relationship breakups in your life? Um, my heart is open, which 
sound stupid to the, to the masses, right? Because that, what do we do when we're hurt? We contract, we get small, we protect, we, I've just done so much work around, um, I just believe in love, Gavin, and I, I believe it's worth it. I believe the pain that I endured is absolutely worth it because it came as a teacher to me. And we have a choice when everyone's heartbroken, we all have a choice and it's like door number one or door number two. Am I going to allow this experience to, to, um, constrict me? Am I going to contract? Am I going to get smaller? Am I going to hide? Am I going to put up walls? Am I going to block barrier and, and protect myself? Or am I going to see how I can grow, how I can heal? Why was this so hurtful? What can I learn about myself? What can I learn about my relational dynamics? How can I take this information and move forward in an empowered way? And that's what I choose because I believe the big one is coming. I believe every relationship in my life has pro- progressed in a, in a higher and higher quality way. And I do believe that my next one is going to be my next great love. Mm-hmm. And I'm open for that, but I couldn't open until I healed the damage from the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's brave to go in with an open heart in a new relationship where you've been so hurt in the past. And as you say, your next, your next relationship is going to potentially be a next level relationship. It's going to be the best one yet, but because you're potentially, I'd imagine in the best place yet in your life, because of all that Absolutely. You about yourself, yeah, 100%. because of those breakups as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the, that's the value in it. Yeah. And that's again, yeah, that's something I, anytime a guy comes out, comes uh, and, and reaches out to me and he's going through a breakup, I say, brilliant. Excellent. You've broken up with a girl. Excellent. This is congratulations. Um, this is an unbelievable opportunity that you may never have again in terms of you've got space, time, yeah. and energy now to focus in on yourself. This is incredible. Yeah. And I this say this is happening for you. Yeah. This is for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's uh it, as you said, you you can you can choose to uh be used by the experience or you can choose to to be used by the experience. So I mean, it's a, it's a choice there. Are you going to allow it to, to pull you under and to uh, drag you into depression? Or can you use it to derive the lessons from it and, the, and, the, and all the learning from it to enable you to grow towards becoming a, a much more fulfilled man, much happier individual? So you're attracting a higher standard of women or people into your life, not just a woman, but people into your life. So as your as your standards rise so yeah it's it's uh and i always say like you're 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 in a difficult situation right now and like you'll know what i'm talking about here but i always say someday you're gonna look back at this and you'll you'll thank it for happening you'll thank it for happening and they always do (laughs) always do yeah And, and that's again just something that anyone listening to this today that's going through a breakup like that's that's an important message for all of you at this point because it is fucking painful it's so hurtful there's yeah. a there's a death in your life not a literal death but there is a maybe, maybe a literal death to a certain extent like something's been killed off in your life like the 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 part okay. the yeah the hopes the aspirations the life you plan together all that's killed off so there's a grieving process there that you have to go through you got to take your time with it and most people don't want to 
Of course. Most people don't want to be still. They don't want to be alone. They don't want to feel the pain. And so they mm-hmm. medicate. Yes. Yes. Which perhaps brings it on to uh, another topic of conversation as the medications that they choose. Now, let's talk about medicine. Medicine. Yes. Yeah. Not exactly paracetamol we're going to discuss here, but the self-medications of uh, porn, perhaps, which is as I see it right now, and I've been stuck in this for a long time, uh, or was stuck in it for a long time, is the pandemic, the epidemic of porn that we're, that we're experiencing right now. But I think it, it, if you were to break it down into its fundamental parts or the fundamental reasons for it, is that there's an epidemic of, of loneliness, an epidemic of isolated, lonely men out there who are, um, yeah, who are finding their connections and their trills from, from porn because they're afraid to pursue with what their relationship because of the fear of rejection, or they're just not sure how to approach a woman anymore in today's world, because men in society today, a lot of men in society today are being deemed as, as villains and just what everything's been happening with the, especially the me too movement. I think that was a big catalyst for, for change in men. Of course, a very prevalent movement, very important movement for women, but these things do have their knock on effect. And you compound that with the with the lockdowns and the isolations and a lot of men being left at home with their own devices and closed off from society and uh, closed off from opportunities of relationships or um, from women, from partnerships. And where do they go? Um, but not only that, but well, let's talk about how easy it is too. <clears throat> yeah, it's so- easy and relationships can be hard. Mm. They can feel hard. And so if the easier thing to do is fire up your phone screen or your computer screen versus have a conversation. Mm. Do you think that's what it, do you think that's what it comes down to? I think that's, I think that's one of, one of the many elements. Sure. It's easy. Yeah. It's easy. You don't even have to look for it. It looks for you. That's true. Yeah. It looks for you. Yeah. And all you need is a trigger of someone walking down the street or of, (laughs) seeing an attractive woman on Instagram and that could be enough to bring up another screen in your phone and off you go. It's uh, but yeah. And as I said, I've, I've been, I've been stuck in that world. I did have a, don't even call it a porn addiction, but certainly a very, very unhealthy impulsive behavior towards porn um, for a number of years in my life. And uh, it's something I've had to work on for a long time. I'm out there to say now, thankfully, but it's a, it's a, working process again the, the the porn wasn't the problem it was the pain behind the porn that was the problem that's when that's where i need to go and that's where i need to explore and to heal but it's uh for me something i've actually come to consider recently is that a lot of men out there um la- they're lacking self-esteem and their esteem is sort of performance-based so it's performance-based esteem which again, as I said earlier, goes back to your performance in school, your performance in the football pitch, your performance as um, being the the role model son or the brother or whoever. Like there's there's a certain criteria you need to meet to be loved or be or to be or to feel worthy as a as an individual as a human. So I think this follows us through into life then as well. And um, performance basis seems seems to be quite prevalent in a lot of men. Which, as I reflect back on. Uh, was most likely one of the biggest pressures that I avoided when it came to women, when it came to 
intimate situations in my life because I've got to fucking perform here. And uh, if I don't perform, like I'm not worthy of this woman's love or connection or not worthy of this experience or that it was just maybe something in me that I said, fuck it. I don't want to perform. <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't doing it. I'm not, not doing it for myself. I'm doing it for someone else. So this can become very taxing as well. And as I wasn't venturing into that world as much and a lot of the pressures and in, in the real life situations, of course, as you said, easy peasy in the bedroom and yeah, completely invested in something that wasn't real, but something I used to, to feel connected that didn't require a lot of pressure or sacrifice in my behalf. So, um, but again, at the same time, absolutely empty futile pursuit and when you go there and you do whatever and the job is done well it's just a horrible feeling you just feel complete there's a lot of shame that comes after it and i've heard a lot of men say that there's just a just almost like a black cloud kind of moves in of yeah it's it's, it's also wasted time and wasted energy like there's not there's no real outcome from it except for that three seconds or whatever many seconds of ejaculation that's it after that what have you got oh here comes the pain here comes the shame now as well on top of the pain here comes the feeling that i've wasted fucking two hours of my life uh for what for nothing here comes the emptiness of i'm here on my own in this lonely state and uh withdrawn from real intimate relationships so yeah for me you know the pain became that the pain of that became too much to bear and then that's where i started to seek help but as i said the porn was just the outlet that he used for the underlying pain that was already right because right. it could be alcohol it could be yeah compulsively you know checking out because you watch sports all the time it could be that you online shop it could be that you know you're getting your dopamine hit somewhere and that's why you know the topic of medicating it just mm-hmm. Because when you medicate, the whole point is you're not, you're not feeling and your, and your body is continually, unless you've done, you're on a healing path. We all need to be on a healing path. We all came out of childhood. You know, none of us emerged unscathed. There's, there's pain that we carry. And it's not because your parents were bad people. And it's not because they, you know, you were abused or it, it just, it really doesn't matter. You could have had what, what you seemingly felt like a really great childhood, but no child, you know, has the language to say like, Hey, could you just hug me more? <laughs> and that, you know, we make those things mean something about us. Oh, nobody wants to touch me because my kids, my parents didn't hug me more. And your parents didn't even know you needed more hugs, you know? So we bring this stuff forward and it creates these narratives. And then here we are and we're, we're, you know, no one wants to feel their feelings or process their emotions because they're afraid they're more, their emotions are going to kill them. Mm. Your emotions aren't going to kill you. But so you had your moment of, you know, whoo, here's all these feelings. Now, what do I do with them? And they just kept stacking on top of each other yeah. until kept stacking until I couldn't carry that weight any further. Yeah. So yeah. And like underneath, underneath all that, there was, there was so much, I mean, in, in the immediate, what, what, when I, when I finally did reach out and speak to someone, you know, this, when I reached out and started speaking to someone, I've mentioned this a few times before in a podcast, but 
this was more than 10 years after I was involved in a tragic car accident where I was driving my dad's car and crashed into another car where the lady died on the scene. Um, and I was responsible for that. So I was 18 at the time. And as I said, like, this is, that for me was, that was ultimately, um, as I reflect back now, like surface level stuff. Um, and beneath all that, as I began to explore it even further, like those stuff in my childhood that the, the car accident and all that that happened there, of course, that was fucking horrific. That was, I carried so much, uh, so much uh, guilt and shame and, um, and trauma from that experience. But as I began to process that, I discovered there was more beneath the surface. I said, oh, fuck, there's more here because it was, I went through a process maybe with a counselor for about a year or so. And we started process the car accident and I went, I went away and I thought, okay, yeah, you know, I'm feeling pretty, I'm, I'm feeling better now. Um, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm okay. Six months later, I'm going, okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm not fine. I'm not all right. There's still shit here. I'm still fucking veering at the porn. I'm still feeling this um, emptiness inside. I'm still withdrawing from the relationship. I'm still very, feeling very lonely. It's like, hang on, there's, there's more, there's more here. So I, had, I went back to psychologist and I've, been with a psychologist now for uh, four four years maybe, um, and I I got in touch with a psychologist that time because I felt a psychologist would allow me to go a little bit deeper within in terms of okay what's really going on here and wow that's been a a process um, in terms of going deep into childhood understanding the the pain and the trauma and the difficulties I went through that made me the man I am today and it's uh, it's also been the most difficult, but yes, of course, one of the most amazing experiences in my life because it allowed me to break free from the shackles of the past and to actually begin to look forward to the future and be more present in today instead of and not feeling this empty void or this difficulty within. Um, and now I don't feel the need to escape. I don't feel the urge to go on a porn site every single day. I don't feel the urge to escape. I don't drink anymore. Don't want to drink. Don't feel like I want to drink. I surround myself with good people who are on a similar wavelength as I am, you know, going through a healing process or whatever else. So my life's completely transformed and it's only because I've, I've transformed, I've changed. And because you made a conscious, you made a conscious choice to deal with your pain. Mm. Yeah. It's not easy. It's not easy, but which which is, yeah, yeah. Which is why there is like a, such a, an issue with alcoholism and such an issue with gambling and such an issue with all these other methods of self-medication porn that that's easy that's the easy stuff yeah you could fucking do that medicate yourself every single day but the more you push the pain away the more you ignore it the more it grows and eventually it could grow to the point where you do have a very difficult decision to make a very important decision to make it could be do i end this now do i end my life is too much not that it uh, probably don't make us conscious decision in those situations I, I do not know i can't speak for those people but it's for for some people i've spoken to like they've, they've been at that point and you've you've got a decision okay do i kill this off now or do i turn around and begin to face this and actually uh pursue a different path where people get sick a lot of people who hold all of the pain in i i tend to believe um mm-hmm. That if you keep you keep it in long enough and you never deal with it, it manifests in illness in your body. Yeah, that's true. You know, and back pain it's- and neck pain and shoulder pain and cancer and 
digestive issues and you know that's been that's that's been that's been scientifically proven hasn't it has it been scientific yeah Yeah, it has been absolutely absolutely when people say oh it's stress well with that stress (laughs) yeah that stress everything that you've been through is stored in the tissues of your body and if you don't find a way to release yeah all that intensity and negativity and Hmm. starts making a home there but understanding that it's not the stress of your immediate environment that's the that's the real problem it's the your immediate your immediate environment or the immediate stress you're experiencing today is accumulated with all the stress that you have yet to process from the past or all the pain you've yet to process in the past. absolutely it's everything that you've carried forward with you yeah so. how do we uh or how do you encourage people to to turn around and face the the pain because even speaking about this right now i do imagine there's some people listening going oh for fuck's sake this does this sounds almost impossible like uh, how can i how can i how can I begin or how, how do I go through this process? It's just, uh, it's overwhelming. I think for a lot of people. Um, so what's our, absolutely. Absolutely. I have friends. I have close friends of mine who are, who know that the, they know the full scope of the work that I do. They've watched me go on my journal journey of healing and they still feel paralyzed. I sat with a girlfriend the other day and she said to me, I know I need to do this work. Um, I just can't, I just don't, I just don't. And and I said, well, you know, when you get uncomfortable enough, then you will. And she goes, but I am uncomfortable. And I said, well, you're not uncomfortable enough because when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, you'll make a change. That's just the way it works. And it's like Traver's own analogy of the feather, the brick and the freight train. Yeah. No. Which one are you gonna? Which one are you gonna listen to? Do you have to get a, a brick across the head to? So I just um, had to answer your question. How do you do the work? If you're like, oh, that's a great conversation. That's super cute. They're both in the healing space. That's great. Um, I can't afford a therapist or to hire a coach or to. Everyone can afford to read a book, but um, you know, I spent a year in Codependence Anonymous. Okay. A year. I have chips and everything. I'm super proud of myself. Do you know that it's free to go to Codependence Anonymous? It's a 12-step program, just like Alcohol Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous or Overeaters Anonymous. And it's like, you know how you do the work with support, with lots of support. Instagram is chocked full of resources that are free. Get some books, read some books. I'm talking about for people who can't afford <clears throat> Start looking, start seeing where your priorities are. You know, chances are you probably bought a new pair of shoes this past month and you could have spent that on hiring someone. Um, When you do the work, do it with support. So hire a therapist. If you're not journaling, you should absolutely be journaling. Something happens in your brain between your hand and your brain and the release of the, there's there's scientific studies that support journaling. there's all kinds of resources. I mean, I, we were talking about this earlier. I practice a method called RRT. It's, it's the rapid relief technique. It's a version of EFT tapping. It's great where you tap on um, pressure points while um, expressing negative emotions and it releases them. RRT, look it up. Um, Rapid relief technique. I practice uh, something called process healing, which is a, a vert. It's a, it's a super conscious brain rewiring. It's like, I've spent 
years in therapy, years. Um, I've been in support groups. I've hired coaches. I've read books. I've listened to podcasts. Like when you are ready, nothing should stop you. There are so many resources. Many are free. And if anything, buy a book. Go uh, buy a doctor, what's her name? Nicole LaParrot, the holistic psychologist. Go buy her book and do her exercises and follow her page. I mean, money just is not an excuse to, to grow it's, it's, or to heal. It's, it should never be a barrier because there's so many resources these days with the internet. Where do your priorities lie? Yeah. Is it about keeping up appearances or is it about improving your own appearance within as such as, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that's, yeah. I think when I started before I even started or how I started, I think I started reading some books. I think maybe obstacle was the way by Ren holiday was one of the first books I read. And I picked it up and I read it and I was thinking, wow, this is, this is incredible. Like, but I'm not, uh, I'm not quite sure why I find it so intriguing or so interesting or why it's really relatable to me. I wasn't aware of course, this time of my underlying pains and difficulties. That's the big thing too, is that there's a lack of awareness in terms of your behaviors and actions. And we become accustomed or adapted to living and behaving and thinking in a certain way, thinking that's believing it's normal. So almost on a subconscious level, I started reading books. And like, I haven't read books since I was maybe 13, goosebumps. And, uh, and that got the wheels turning and that opened up my mind in, in, in terms of thinking differently. Or as I said, I stepped back one day and I asked myself, okay, what's going on here, Gavin? I mean, you, you've, you've read like three or four books in the last month. Like you, you never read books. Like what, what, what's happening here? And things just began to turn from there. And that's where maybe the next step was reaching out to the counselor and, maybe the, the reading or the books brought up something to me. I think that's the value of books as well, because it does bring up something within you that you're not, not aware of. Yeah. You're not aware of. So, um, you know, the, the reading links, whatever's going on in your mind to your body, and then it brings it up and oh, that's, that's there. Okay. What am I going to do with this now? So yeah, that's, that's a good place to start with the books. And obviously, Instagram, but here Instagram is full of distractions as well. And as you said, uh, yeah, it's uh, maybe a bit more difficult to listen to uh, one of us talking about relationships or sex or uh, personal growth. It's a lot easier to go and check out the latest fitness model or watch <laughs> some porn video, you know, so Again, yeah, some puppies or some kitties or some birds singing. Yeah, well, that's, that, that too. Yeah, yeah. There's so much distraction there, but again, it's where, where your priorities lie. But maybe I don't know. Instagram is a funny one for me, but uh, for sure, I'm gonna keep keep posting that content, and I hope you do too. But the the other thing as well is uh, that we didn't really mention that I feel is so important, and we're seeing evidence of this like at a grand scale with the likes of Will Smith and who else? Oh yeah. Johnny Depp. <clears throat> yeah. The importance of having boundaries in your, in your relationship and it's on reflection on your, on your previous relationship, it, it doesn't seem like you had any boundaries there for yourself. Um, um, no, in my marriage, absolutely not. I had no idea. I remember getting the book boundaries and being completely confused <laughs> I remember reading that book and thinking, I don't, I don't understand what they mean. I don't understand how this is loving. I don't, I didn't get it. I really didn't. I just wasn't, 
my, I wasn't ready yet, apparently. Mm -hmm. And how, like, for someone now who's, and I I think this is again, quite prevalent in, in today's relationships where there isn't a lot of boundaries put in place, just again, down to uh, social conditioning or down to parental conditioning in our lives. I don't think, I don't think our parents had any real boundaries in terms of uh, the family dynamic or their relationships in their own life. So we we haven't been taught about boundaries. So where do you start from there in terms of somebody who's maybe like yourself, completely unaware of boundaries? Because again, we're, we're seeing clear evidence of the consequences of not having boundaries in a relationship with the likes of Will Smith and with the likes of Johnny Depp and whoever else is going to come up next, probably Prince Harry or someone. I predicted first here, <laughs> but <laughs> someone, yeah, it's going to happen again, but it's like these, as there, there's, of course, these things are massively blown up in, on media and everything else. And, uh, but I like to go beneath this, beneath the surface and understand, okay, what, what are the dynamics of relationships in terms of how, how Johnny Depp ended up here or how Will Smith ended up slapping Chris Rock across the face live on TV. What's really going on there? So, for me, it's it's a lack of boundaries in the relationship. And so for, yeah, so going back to my question, if someone listening to this has, like yourself, and perhaps like myself, had no ideas, what has no ideas about what boundaries are, or how to, how to uh, put them in place, like where do you start? Um, I think everything starts at ground zero, which is self-awareness, mm-hmm. which seems like, oh, that goes without saying. But if you aren't noticing what you're feeling, or you're not noticing what the dynamics are, where your patterns are. Oh, I notice whenever so-and-so calls, you know, I feel yucky. Or, uh, you know, when I when my partner doesn't take out the trash, I feel anger rise up in me. It's like, if you're not aware of what's happening inside of you, hmm. you, can't, you can't create a boundary. You know, it's just, it's, that's where it has to start. You have to start to notice what is going on in your realm and your experience before you can create a boundary. You might just notice like, oh, this person's late. Every time we set a meeting, they're late, like really late. And that annoys me. Okay. Then why do you keep setting a meeting with this person? Right. But instead what we do is we go like, it's them. They're late. They're taking advantage of me. They're mean to me. They're where's the self-awareness? The self-awareness is, oh, when that happens, I feel yucky. How do I stop feeling yucky? What's my part? Oh, well, I keep letting them do that to me. Ding, codependency. Guess what? If you lack boundaries, chances are you're a high functioning codependent. Mm -hmm. And people are like, well, what do you mean? I don't have an addict in my life. No, you are. You are. Mm-hmm. And so step one in creating boundaries is self-awareness. You have to notice what's going on around you that isn't working for you. And then the next step would be probably to read a book about codependency. So you understood, you know, at a deeper level, what does this look like? Because people who have issues with boundaries are codependent. Mm-hmm. Oh, I let people walk all over me. Oh, I let this person talk to me however they want. Oh, I don't say no. I don't know how to say no. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to speak up for myself. 
that's a lack of boundaries. And all of those things are directly attributed to codependent behavior. So many great resources on codependency. But to answer, how do you make boundaries? First, you have to notice what's going on. You have to be aware of what your experience is when XYZ happens. And then a boundary is where I end and you begin, that's the boundary. Hey, it's not okay with me when you show up late for our meeting. So the next time you ask me for a meeting, I'm not going to be available. Love you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if the relationship is worth preserving, then it might look more like, you know, in the future, like, hey, me and my friends are going to be over here at this time. Stop by if you like. And then you see if the person stops by, you know, we're not boundaries aren't about cutting people out. Those are walls. Boundaries are meant to be loving. Hey, you just don't get the same access to me that you did before because you've been abusing it. It's a bit, Sorry, of, a, that doesn't... bit of a warning sign. Is it a bit of a. Yeah, just, hey, that doesn't... yeah. It doesn't work for me. Or a boundary could be, you know, when someone calls you and said, or sends you an invitation to a, to an event that you don't want to go to. And a boundary could just be like, hey, I can't make it. Mm. What? What do you mean you're not coming? <laughs> I don't can't like make it. it. Have other plans. Have other plans. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you feel like you have to chronically? It's so funny because we're going through um, this topic in the, the community that I, um, I work in. It's called Hey You Human. And we're going through these topics now. It's like boundaries. Boundaries look like I can't make it or... I can only be on the phone 10 minutes. Then I got to hop off. It's a boundary because you know, talking to that person for more than 10 minutes is going to suck every bit of energy from your life. Or, you know, hey, can you come to the thing? And you don't want to go to the thing. You say, sorry, can't make it. But what codependency is, well, you know, I just, I, well, first said this happened and then that happened. And then this, and then, you know, that guy said to the, stop over explaining, stop. Just no thanks. Would you like to come? No thanks. Mm -hmm. Barriers are uh, boundary. Or sorry, boundaries are 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 self. They're a display of self-respect and self-love, isn't it? I mean, absolutely. Otherwise, they're going to take advantage and walk all over you. Yeah. Yeah. Or are you going to end yeah, up? Yeah, and and I don't know if this is a good time to segue because we we made mention of the whole masculine feminine thing, but a man with firm boundaries is super sexy. A man who says, who is decisive, who knows what he wants and expresses it like a man who's like, oh, okay, whatever. And it's like, oh, oh no, <laughs> no, oh, just everything just got dry. Just say what you want, go it like that's, that's that divine masculine that, mm -hmm. um, you know, and let's say this, just put this out here. Like this is regardless of gender, like if masculine energy is your leading energy, whether you're male or female, regardless, it's, it, it is the masculine way to be decisive, to lead, to, to, um, to, I'm trying to think what the other words are, right. To, to, to problem solve and to all of that is very, and so control the narcotic. Their lack of boundaries in men is, is mm -hmm. it's not cute women either, but women, women get a pass more often because we're nurturing, we're healers, we're lovers, we're, you know, but, but men who don't, you know, say like, Hey, you've come far enough. This is the answer is no. 
or mm-hmm. pick out a nice dress. I'm taking you somewhere. What color dress? <laughs> the red one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and so it's like, you know, a woman who can, uh, sorry, let me rephrase the feminine, when the feminine can run all over the masculine, then they switch roles. It's just not. Yeah. What I've said, I've said it before is that like a woman is attracted to a man is who's in control of his emotions and not being controlled with his emotions. And of course, if you're in control of your emotions, of course, you're going to have barriers up there, boundaries up there. I keep saying barriers, but boundaries up there. Um, otherwise, you're going to <laughs> slap Chris Rock across the face in front of uh, the whole world or sit in, uh, sit in a court um, like Johnny Depp is right now and have uh, tell, tell the whole world how she shit in your bed. So that's the, the do you believe that's the consequence of, of having no boundaries in a relationship to, in those two instances? Uh, there's, there's probably more to it than that, but I mean, yeah, for sure. No, there for sure is. But I think that that might go back even, you know, whatever a topic or two ago when we talked about healing your heart, because, you know, a man or a woman who is fully whole, who is fully integrated, chances are is not going to engage in those types of behaviors. It's true. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your healing is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. Powerful stuff, Jill. Thank we can you. Talk about this forever. We could. We're gonna have a gonna have to have a part two, I think, at some point. Yeah. Um, we haven't even talked about sex yet, so maybe that's part two of our conversation. That is tragic. <laughs> that is my favorite topic. <laughs> All right, we're going. We're going to have to set up a, a part two and just talk talk about sex for an hour. Um, yeah, which is again such a, such a, such an important fucking hell, such an important topic, um, and such a, a huge amount of shame and taboo around it too. So which of course has its detrimental consequences when it comes to relationships. So yeah, everyone, we're going to, we're going to set up a part two at some point in the very near future. So um, for now, I think there's plenty for everyone to digest from this conversation. So thank you so much, Jill. And, and yeah, where can, where can everyone find you? Because I want everyone to go and check out your page because it's fucking brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Come find me on Instagram. I'm at coach Jilly with a Y. That's my my primary so is there anywhere else we can find you is that just is that the main hub that's the best place to find me i think that's where the most high quality content is being presented definitely i can vouch for that accurate yeah (laughs) high quality content come see me interact with my stories i would love that cool go check her out and as i said i hope you enjoyed this episode and we will have a part two come up so stay tuned for that too chat soon thank you for tuning in to another episode of the modern warrior podcast if this episode has added value to your life please share this episode on your social media platforms so that others too can gain the insight information and inspiration that they need in order to move forward in their lives for the time being stay strong and keep fighting the good fight